Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Well, what's up, everybody? How we doing today? Well, hey, I want to welcome all of our locations and those online. My name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor right here. And uh, today we're preaching God's word, but we're also celebrating some baptisms. And uh, I want to raise your faith even before I preach God's word. Uh, there, there's some folks who are signed up to be baptized, but there are other folks who you didn't sign up to be baptized, but you're going to get baptized today via the prompting of the Holy Spirit. But I want to start my message by baptizing some folks across our locations as we're synced up together live. And I just think it'd be fun. Build your faith. And so I want to invite these people to start getting in the tank. Uh, and uh, in, in Port Richmond, uh, we have Mary Elise and uh, she's getting in the tank right now. And uh, come on, you get up for Mary Elise. She first attended a block group in February before uh, she ever stepped foot into our Port Richmond location. How cool is that? Uh, she found us online, became friends with those and new to the church and attended that new to the church, uh, excuse me, attended that very next Sunday. Uh, Marylise has been growing in godly relationships, serving for the first time. Today, she's going all in for Jesus. Let's go, Marylise. In the Northwest, in the Northwest, Elijah is getting in the tank. And uh, Elijah is a man who grew up knowing about God, but he just recently started following Jesus. All right, and so, so he wants to express his decision for God publicly today. Can we give it up for Elijah? And right here in the North, Northeast, um, We've got Mary, Mary Lisa. Wow. Mary Lisa, Mary Lisa. Amazing. Hope you're not confused by that like I am. <laughs> she was raised in the Catholic church and she was baptized as a baby. Uh, today, making the choice to be baptized by herself, to show that she's following Jesus and she's come back and she's committed to living with him every day of her life. Congratulations. Awesome, awesome. Well, I wanna, I wanna pray over these guys, church, family, across locations. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for these people who are taking this step to go all in with you, to make the inward transformation public. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would rest on them as they come up out of the water, the old being gone, the new to come, this fresh start, this journey. God, bless them, anoint them, lead them all the days of their life in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. It's my privilege and my honor as one church family to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, let's give God a praise every location. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Folks going from death to life. Man, that's exciting. Now we're ready to hear God's word, right? 
Amen. Well, I got one more thing before I preach to you. I'd like for all locations to intently listen. I'm excited to announce to you, we are officially in contract for our broadcast facility. Amen. Uh, which means, which means we are now in due diligence. So we've got a period we're supposed to close sometime in May. We're in May. If all goes according to God's will, we'll have keys to our broadcast facility. If you're not f- familiar with where that is, that's uh, in 19136. That's the f- former Cottage Green. We're not going to call it that anymore. Uh, it's the Northeast location, the broadcast location. Uh, but, uh, well, you know, look, I want to warn you of a few things, okay? I want to I wanna just caution you, I should say. Okay, first of all, we're in due diligence, and that means that anything can happen, okay? Uh, so uh, it, we, are, we are working through inspections and all those different things. Uh, imagine buying a house, but then, uh, you know, you've got some things that can happen, but then buying a commercial property that's very large, there's a whole slew of things I'm learning, okay? I'm an expert on everything at this point, all right? Law and zoning and I mean, I might as well be a GC myself. Okay. And so anyway, uh, so, so that's happening, but, but I want to warn you that, or or, excuse me, caution you that there are some construction challenges with this property. Some, some, some major construction challenges. It doesn't mean it's a no, doesn't mean it can't happen, but we do need God to move on our behalf and provide some clarity for us. So in just a moment, we're gonna pray over this, okay? Really need your prayers, especially this week. Everybody got that? And then the other thing I wanna encourage you with and, and show you some opportunity is, is I wanna show you opportunity in our giving and in our generosity. Now, I know that we are in a recession, even though they won't call it one, okay? But this is a great time, a great time, the best time for God to show himself miraculous and faithful. Okay. And so this is a great, this is the best time to invest in the kingdom. Now, I just want to say this, we're in our campaign here to stay. It's a two-year campaign. Our goal was uh, over two years to bring in over 6 million, which is about a million a year plus above our normal giving, which means those of us who've committed or even who haven't, we're committed to giving above and beyond our normal giving. And uh, right now, praise God, we've had about a million come in so far. Amen. Okay. Uh, However, however, uh, by way of months would mean we're, we're kind of behind, which is okay. It's early. I'm not worried about it. I know God's in control. I want to encourage you though. There's about 50 or so families who committed, who haven't started giving yet. Those who have committed, who've not really participated much. Uh, and then uh, th- this is interesting. I just want to encourage you with this. Okay. Uh, gr- church is growing quite a bit. Even last week, up 26% from year over year. People are getting saved. God's doing great stuff. Okay, uh, but, but our, our new givers, uh, those participating for the first time uh, over the last 90 days is lower really than it's ever been. And so uh, it's okay, it's okay. I know it's a tough time. However, here, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this together. We're gonna trust God together. We're gonna take some faith steps together. We're gonna sign up for reoccurring giving together. We're gonna start tithing for the first time together, okay? And uh, God's gonna help us and he's gonna do miraculous things in your life. You gotta trust him, okay? So I just wanna encourage you with that today. Don't wanna make you feel bad. I know it's tough times, but this is the best time to invest. And every life, 
lobby, you're going to see where we're at with our giving. And uh, here's the thing. This broadcast facility, when it's all said and done, probably an $8 million project. All right. And so you can see why some of it will be mortgaged. Some of it will have to bring cash. All right. You see why it's important for us to do what we got to do to advance the kingdom of God. All right. Everybody all right? Nobody mad in their hearts? If you are, you're just convicted because I said it very nicely. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's dive into God's word, uh, POV week nine, and uh, talking about Jesus' words. And I was uh, traveling this past week to Houston. I was at a conference. I was meeting with our construction people. And I was, uh, right before, the night before I, I left, I was tucking my son into bed. And he's like, Dad, when am I going to travel the world with you? I'm like, buddy, you've been to more places than any five-year-old I know. But bro, you're five. You're just getting started. We're going to do this together a long time. He's like, all right, but I think I'm done school now. I said, what? No, you're not done school. He's like, yeah, I think, I think, I think it's not, it's not necessary anymore. Like I don't, I don't want to go tomorrow. And I'm like, bro, you're five. You need to change that mentality because you are just getting started. So you got a long way to go and we ain't homeschooling you because we would be bad teachers. I'm just telling you right now. And uh, he's like, all right, fine. Went to bed. But I was thinking about that and I was thinking about um, how often when you're getting started with something, there are obstacles or emotions that want to keep you from pressing on. And the idea of starting something sometimes can be, can be exciting, but, but, but we also, when, we're, when we have some wisdom, we count the cost. But I'm telling you, I really believe this, and I want to preach a message today titled, Just the Start. Just the Start. And I really believe, friends, that, that, that we as a church are at just the start of God's best for our lives. We're at just the start for God's best for your life. And, and today, many of us are going to take steps that begin God's best for us. Whether it's in our experience in the baptism tank, whether it's in our experience with the Holy Spirit, in our experience with serving and giving, or in our experience of inviting, I'm telling you, we're at the start of the greatest season of God's miracles. I believe God's about to pour out on our nation and in our lives like never before. We're at just the start. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And that's why I want to preach this message today. We'll begin in Matthew chapter 3, verse 15. Jesus is going to get baptized. And the Bible says this. It says, but Jesus said, it should be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. So John, John the Baptist, agrees to baptize him. That's our text today. That's our point of view. Jesus saying, hey, it's got to be done for we must carry out all that God requires. Now, a little context here. Um, Jesus, up until this point, has lived in relative obscurity. He's been practicing his carpentry. He's learning the Torah, all these different things. But he's not really performing any miracles at this point, doesn't have really many or any followers. Uh, but this baptism moment is going to initiate the start of his ministry. 
Now, a little word on John the Baptist, I think is important. We understand who he is. Uh, John uh, is this, I don't know, he's a a unique man whose clothes are woven from camel hair. Uh, He ate only honey and locusts. Uh, He was a wild man. Okay, uh, you know him as John the Baptist, but here's what his preaching was about. People were gathering, they were coming to see him. He was preaching about repentance. He was preaching about getting baptized and then the baptism like it was today in, in Jewish tradition is about cleansing. So he's teaching this stuff. People are coming from all over, but John has positioned himself to fulfill Isaiah's prophecy that there would be one who prepares the way for the Messiah. It was John's whole purpose. John, I love this uh, because it's on brand with Jesus and we know his theology is good. He's ripping the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In fact, he calls them a brood of snakes. And and so I I like John's attitude. Like he's kind of just this wild, like kind of shoot from the hip kind of guy. But there was something about John that I love that I think is worth following, if you will, and, and, and worth keeping at the forefront of our mind, when John started losing disciples, his disciples are coming to him going, hey, John, you're, you're starting to lose disciples to Jesus. And, and the natural response and our human response is like, oh no, I don't want to lose my ministry. I don't want to lose my whatever. But John knew he, who he was. And, and he goes, I must become less. He must become greater. And so he's going, he's going, my whole purpose is to prepare the way for the Lord. If my ministry ends by losing all my disciples and they attach to Jesus, well, I fulfilled my purpose. And for all of us today, honestly, that is the same purpose for all of our lives, that we exist to shine and to prepare the way for Jesus to be at work in all of us. Ever have anybody give you like a spiritual spanking, if you will? Like just a, just like a wake up. Uh, my, one of my, like a spiritual mom in my life, um, she, she was like, hey, I feel like the Lord is, is giving me a word for you, but you're not gonna like it. And, uh, and, and she's like, that's how you know you're, getting, you're gonna get a real prophetic word. It's like, you're not gonna like this. And I'm like, give me a second, I need a deep breath. And, and, uh, and so she's like, hey, um, you're not God. That's it, that's the word. Have a great day. And she, she continued a little bit, basically saying, hey, um, you, your job is to do all you can and prepare the way. We're, oh, we're talking about the, the building and, and raising money and all this stuff. Your job is to prepare the way for Jesus and prepare the way for him to move in your city. And then once you've done all you can do, it's on him. True. You're not God. You just control things like you are. So, dear step aside, become less so he can become greater. And I'm like, I'll try. (laughs) You know, you got to take that stuff to heart. And it really did remind me of my passage today that that our whole, whole purpose for living is to make him great and get out of the way. Now, Jesus in Matthew 3, 13, I want to read this because John didn't want to baptize Jesus. You see it here. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. Why are you coming to me? Isn't that a great sign of humility? I love that about about John. And, And again, it's why John was able to get out of the way so easily. 
because his posture was humility. Uh, the, the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, that's, a, that's a word for us today, and it's a word for me today. If you want God to bless you and to grace you in the season you're in, we sang about miracle season, where there's not miracle seasons without humility. And, and so here's John getting ready to see a miracle, but he, I think one of, the, one of the keys to opening up the doors to miracles is humility. It's that I really can't control it all. I really must turn it over to Jesus. And as I do that, he gets bigger because he provides for me. And John's like, I don't want to baptize Jesus. And Jesus is like, I got to do all that's asked of me. Jesus, of course, gets baptized for a few reasons. Jesus needs to identify with the fallen and sinful man, a mission that could only be fully fulfilled at the cross. Yet, Yet we know that Jesus took upon all our sin on the cross. And while sinners, or if you will, uh, those who have confessed their need for Jesus go to the baptism tank, uh, representing the old going, the new coming, uh, it, Jesus was, was doing this to, to identify uh, with us in that he's taking on all sin, he's putting it in the grave, and he's coming up. And when we come up out of that water, we're coming up resurrected like Jesus. So, so that's a beautiful thing. Jesus always always found a way in his earthly journey to identify with our struggles too. I think also Jesus reflects obedience, humility. He's modeling for us what we're meant to do. This moment clarifies his identity. Remember when he comes up, right? God says, this is my son in whom I'm pleased. This creates spiritual momentum and it begins his ministry. I want to go back to John, or excuse me, Matthew 3.11. John says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who will be greater than I am. So much greater than I'm not even worthy to be his slave or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I love this. Again, another reflection of John's humility, but also John dissecting that there kind of is more than one baptism. I think it's really uh, important that we walk through this because I want to give you a little bit of theology and a little bit of doctrine here. Uh, you know, it's, it's good for me to come up here and preach and fire you up and, and you know, you, you know, cry and have a, have a moment with Jesus and I'll do a little bit of that. But I also think it's really good for me to, to once in a while just establish some good theology, some good doctrine. Have you ever heard of closed-handed issues versus open-handed issues? Okay, like a, like a closed-handed issue would be, man, uh, Christ, uh, Jesus is God's son. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Through the Father, except through the Son. It was Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection that gives us our salvation. It allows us to go to God. You know, that, that's close. If you don't believe that, well, you're not a Christian. Hello. Okay. Like if you don't believe that Jesus is God's son, he died, you got to receive and believe and all that good stuff. Like, like man, that is the, like the tenet. It's close-handed, not changing that. Now there are some what we might call open-handed issues and this could be preferential around worship styles 
And uh, it, it could be around certain things like, you know, this is a challenging one. Can women preach? Well, I think this is an open-handed issue. And I don't want to get into all that today, but like, here's the thing. If we disagree on some open-handed, but we agree on close-handed, we're brothers and sisters. Uh, if, if you don't agree on some close-handed things, but you make open-handed things close-handed, you're actually creating um, what we would call dissension, uh, and you might be apostate. You might be totally backslidden and away from, from the kingdom if you uh, don't actually believe in what we know are historical tenets of Christianity. Now, that said, I, I kind of want to give you, I, I think, what, what are probably two close-handed issues and then one maybe open-handed issue. Uh, this is what I see in the scriptures. You may not see it that way, but I think we can walk together on this and I think it can bring some value and benefit to your life. Does everybody understand? Okay, so let's go with, um, let's go with three, the idea that there's three baptisms. Now, some of you are going, well, what about Ephesians that says there's one baptism and one Lord? Well, that's true, but our Lord is three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. And all three agree, and I believe all three baptisms agree. Baptism one, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. That would be salvation. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, that's the baptism of the Spirit. Baptism of the Spirit. All right, so, so this would be, the best way I can describe this is my family, we are from Philadelphia. We got sent to Orlando, Florida to start a portion of my mom's business. When we were there, we were nominal Catholics at best Christmas, Easter, you know, um, we just weren't followers of Jesus really. And my mom was at this print shop regularly uh, and printing things for her business. And this woman, she kept inviting and she kept compelling my mom to try something different. And because of that, it took years, but my mom eventually becomes a believer. My dad became a Christian first. By the way, fathers, best thing for your family is for you to become a Christ follower first. More than likely, statistically, your family will follow. Anyway, um, so my, my, my parents, you know, they follow Jesus. Obviously, I get roped in, into this. And, and, and so the story goes on. But I think about that because my, my parents didn't do anything to find God. God found them. The Holy Spirit drew them. He used this lady and said, at the, at the right moment, these people are going to move from Philadelphia to Orlando, Florida. I've mapped this out at the right moment. This lady who's in the choir, she's going to invite my mother and it's going to take, at the right moment, I'm orchestrating this. And what's cool about that is those of you seated and, and watching, the Holy Spirit from the beginning of time, as he covered the waters, and as God was creating everything from the beginning of time, he was drawing you to himself. You didn't choose to be born. And in a sense, you're not really choosing to be born again. Now, of course, there's a factor of, yes, I believe I receive. But at the end of the day, this is the baptism into Christ. It's the baptism of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit drew you in. You recognized this grace and this love that's undeniable. And here you are today, 
or here you will be in a few moments. That's baptism one. Jesus didn't need to be born again because he was born right the first time. He's the perfect son of God. Baptism two. This one's obviously, we, obviously we just watched it. Man baptizes you into water. Like what will happen today. We know Moses in a lot of ways, type and shadow of Christ, Redeemer. He takes God's people, Israel, through the Red Sea. This is a form of baptism out of slavery, out of their old life of sin, through and to their new life in Christ, to the promised land. Of course, they had many problems. That's not the point. There was a lot of choices that they made that didn't allow them to live in the promised land, but they went from to something else. This is the image of baptism. And when you go under the water today, that's exactly what happens. It's symbolic. Again, when it comes to baptism, this is symbolic. You go under those, the water as Paul writes, grave, new creation, old is gone, new is come. The best way that I can describe baptism, and I've said this illustration for years, is that when you receive Jesus, when you're born again, when you trust him as savior, that's kind of like getting engaged. It's kind of like somebody asks you to marry them and you say yes. But then baptisms is really your wedding day. You've got a lot of people looking around, cheering for you, your friends, your family celebrating you. And it's not always this great, massive public thing, but it probably should be public in that you can't do it by yourself, right? You need a witness, Right, it's like, it's like I'm getting baptized after I've said yes. I'm getting married after I say yes. And it's interesting that the illustration that the scriptures use is that you and I are the bride of Christ. And so that's what baptism is. It is that celebration. It's that wedding day. It's why we give a lot of fanfare to it. Now, um, I wanna say one more thing when it comes to infant baptism. Um, <clears throat> we actually don't believe that infant baptism is baptism, we actually see it as dedication. So some of you were baptized or sprinkled as a baby. Now, I don't mean any disrespect, okay? But I wanna give you good sound theology. You were not baptized, you were dedicated. Just because they put water on you does not mean that you were baptized. It's impossible for you to stand up on your wedding day and go through with it, right? Without having knowledge and understanding of what you're doing. And so my encouragement to those who have been baptized as a baby or an infant, I actually think you should, once you know that you're a follower of Jesus, get in that tank and make a informed, educated decision that you're following Jesus all the days of your life and that you are officially the bride of Christ. Now, you're not dishonoring family if you go in the tank because you were dedicated as a baby. You're not. In fact, you're actually, they may not fully understand it like this right away, but you're actually fulfilling the hopes and the wishes of those family members by getting in that tank and saying, as an adult now, I'm doing what you hoped I would do as a baby. So there are people here today that need to get in that tank today, even though you didn't sign up. But here's the good news. We've got baptism kits with shirts and towels and blow dryers and lotion and everything you need. There's no excuse. Here's the third baptism. This might be the open-handed issue to you, but go with me. Jesus baptizes you, and as John said, baptizes you in or with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
This would be baptism in the spirit. Baptism in the spirit. So we've got baptism of the spirit, but then immersion, baptism in the spirit. I like grammar. I like language. Uh, you're allowed to not use proper grammar in text messages, but if you send an email or something, God bless you. I hope that you might practice good grammar. It makes me insane when things go out with bad grammar and we've done it and we'll do it. We in fact put a misspell on a t-shirt, but we gave it away so you didn't buy it. If you can find it, you get a hundred Bible bucks. But, but I want you to see the difference, baptism of, and then, and then right here, baptism in. I believe this is a separate experience that one would receive as a believer, supernatural power for extraordinary Christian living. Many Christians, listen to me, live defeated because they only live with two baptisms. I was baptized as a, to be a Christian by the Holy Spirit. Then I got baptized in water but, but I'm missing the, the power, uh, the consuming fire that burns away the chaff, that burns away the fat, that, that goes deep inside of me, that, that stirs up the living waters, that might compel me and help me be victorious over sin, be victorious over hangups, addictions, and struggles, to do ministry. I believe that there's an encounter and experience with the Holy Spirit that would be likened to fire, burning up that doesn't belong and setting you ablaze to win the world for Jesus. And I don't think we have to overcomplicate this. I, I think sometimes there's some fellowships or denominations like there's got to be this evidence of, of, of this or that or speaking in tongues or all these different things. And say what you want about all that stuff. My focus and my hope for you is that you would pursue Jesus and ask him, would you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? Would you send me a blaze fresh for you? Would you fill me and use me and bring about the gifts of the Spirit in my life so that you might experience the fullness of God? And that can happen in your car. That can happen in your house. It can happen at a worship night. It can happen in this third song. But you got to ask, and here's what Jesus promises. He says that God is not a bad father where if you ask for bread, he's going to give you a steak or stones. Ask for the Spirit that you might be full of all wisdom and knowledge needed and an energy to do the ministry and to be victorious in your life. Now, we see examples of this because some say, no, the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit kind of ceased. There's no more gifts. And, and, and I think I disagree because we see example of this five years after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down. People receive the Holy Spirit in Acts 8. We see after Pentecost, 10 years later, the Gentiles, which would be us receiving the Spirit in Acts 10. We also see night in Acts 19, 25 years later. But if that's not enough, I want to describe the tabernacle of Moses and help you understand that having an experience and encounter with God's Spirit actually can take you to a deeper place in your faith. You know, the tabernacle of Moses, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but there was the outer court and the inner court. This is where they set up mobile church and there was the outer court, but then the inner court, which was the Holy of Holies. It had two sections, the holy place and the most holy place. This is where God dwelt. God literally dwelt beneath the wings of the cherubim. And today, friends, we can and we do have access to the deepest 
and most beautiful places in God's presence. But I do wanna point out that for you to get into the Holy of Holies, for you to get into the holy place, there was actually three things you had to do. The first one is there had to be a lamb sacrifice, the shedding of blood. Well, what is that? Well, the shedding of blood, friends, is Jesus. It's you becoming a believer. You cannot be saved unless Christ's blood was shed for you and poured over you where you receive him and you are washed of your sins by his blood. The second thing that you had to do was you had to actually wash yourself with water in a laver and that represented baptism. Baptism by water, the washing. And then the last one is, is for you to go into this holy place you had to get anointed by oil, which of course we know that to be God's spirit that anoints you and anointed Jesus to do good things and good work. And I love this example because Jesus has an encounter and an experience with the spirit, Matthew 3, verse 16. After his baptism, somebody say after baptism. As Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. See, after Jesus gets baptized, he has this experience with the spirit and it begins his ministry. He goes into a season of fasting. He has the power to overcome the devil's temptation. He begins his ministry by picking disciples, turning water into wine, all the miracles follow. He goes from this relative life of obscurity to getting baptized, having an encounter with the spirit, going into a season of fasting full of the power to overcome the attacks of the enemy. And what I'm telling many of you today is I don't know where your starting point is. It might be to get in the tank. It might be to do this or that. It might be simply to say, I am at the end of myself and I need you, Holy Spirit, to burn away what doesn't belong. But all of us have a starting point And when we get there, something great happens on the other side of your yes. That's where you clap and say amen. And you're like, you know what, pastor? You're right. Great things happen on the other side of your yes. As I close, because I think I'm over time, but I don't see a clock really. So I'm doing my best here. Um, I, I, I want to I close with, with, with the idea of we must carry out all God requires. That's what Jesus said. It kind of reminds me, honestly, of bribing. And if you're a parent, you are an expert in bribing. Yeah, uh, I'll give you an example and you can judge us if you're not a parent, but just wait. At Christmas time, for instance, um, Christmas time, uh, end of October, all the way through Christmas day, we're bribing our children. If you don't listen, man, Santa, he's not, he's not coming. He's watching you, which is creepy, but you do what you gotta do. One time, I called Pastor Matt because Maverick wasn't listening. And I said, hey, Santa, and Maverick, er, Matt picks up and he goes into character immediately. Ho, 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 ho. I said, Santa, my son ain't listening, man. He's like, oh, ho, 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 Maverick. That's gonna impact your presence, you know, whatever. I don't care. All right, you're going on vacation with your kids, right? You're dri Let's say you're driving down to Florida and, um, and, and you know that you've mortgaged you're, you've, you've taken out a second mortgage to pay for Disney tickets. Okay. 
okay? And the kids are acting up, they're going crazy. And you're like, if, if you don't stop, and I count to three, one, two, and if you don't stop, I'm turning this car around. When you know, you're not turning the car around. You're lying. And, and, and you're bribing. But man, whatever it takes to get those children. But can I just, can I just kind of put us in the back seat and God being our driver for a second? Like what if God didn't have to use Christmas time or use blessings? What if God didn't have to use Disney World? What if God didn't have to use a bunch of stuff to bribe you to say yes to him? What if you were just understanding that he is our Lord? He is our love. He is our light. He is our hope. He's our future. And what if it was just immediately when God said it, you said yes. If God said get in the tank, yes, Lord. If God said be filled with the spirit, yes, Lord. If God said give, Yes, Lord. If God's saying serve, yes, Lord. If God's saying go, yes, Lord. If God's saying invite, yes, Lord. When will we stop playing the childish games? Let's stop drinking milk. Let's start putting some meat in our mouth and saying, yes, Lord. Because when we do, it's just the start. It's just the start of what God will begin to do in your life. Philippians 1.6, Paul writes, and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day of Christ Jesus' return. Here's the beautiful thing about our God. Yes, you gotta say yes, you gotta get started, but he's gonna be with you all the way. Oh, I hear the words of Jesus. I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna forsake you. I'm with you even to the end of the age. Oh, in this life, you're gonna have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Come on, let's stand to our feet every location. I know I went long, I think. I don't know, actually. But stay with me for a moment. Bow your head, close your eyes. Nobody moving. I wanna ask you an important question. Are you far from Jesus today? Do you not have a relationship with Jesus? Maybe at one point you were walking with him, but you are not anymore. Or you've never invited Jesus to be your savior, your king. You've been playing games. You've been playing religion, but not walking with Jesus. This is your moment. Every location, people online, don't waste another moment. Say yes to God if that's you today. And you're far from God. You got to get right with God or begin a journey with God. Would you lift your hand right now? I want to pray for you. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Come on, anybody else at every location. Come on, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. We're waiting for you. It's not magic. It's just Jesus going, hey, you deny me before my, you deny me on earth. I can't accept you right there in front of my father. You gotta say yes to God. We're waiting for you. Lift it up, lift it up. We wanna pray over you. Every location, hands going up. We're gonna pray this prayer. It's not magic. It's a starting point. It's just the start. But can we pray it out loud, loud and proud as a church family? Can we say, Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. I believe on you today. So forgive me of my sin. Be my savior. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. Raise me to new life like you were raised. In Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. Listen to me, if you prayed that prayer, we believe you're saved. Your best days are ahead. May not get easier, but it's gonna get better.
Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.